Hey, TRB fans, for the best in Star Wars accessories and jewelry, head to jewelrybrands.shop for items spanning the entire Star Wars galaxy from the Mandalorian to the Skywalker Saga and beyond. I'm wearing a Grogu pin myself right now. Their items are top of the line, best stuff you can get out there. And make sure you use code TRB at checkout to get 10% off your order. Jewelrybrands.shop, the best in Star Wars accessories and jewelry. Notorious Star Wars news scooper Giancarlo Esposito says Mando season three filming soon and we don't need Pedro Pascal the hell with him welcome everybody to the resistance broadcast I'm John thank you so much for joining us it is Monday Monday show new show lot of news to actually talk about today very excited about this show Um, August 16th so we are Almost a back to school time for a bunch of you out there. So uh, to get your mind off that aspect of things, we're still in summer. So we're here to enjoy this summer morning, afternoon, whatever, whenever you're listening or watching this. But either way, thanks for joining us. And James and Lacey <laughs> are here with me as always. What's going on, gang? So yeah, Mando season three, uh, the trend of Star Wars actors being the scoopers uh, continues as uh, Giancarlo Esposito says we're film- we're going to be filming soon and we don't need to wait for Pedro Pascal is what he said find that pretty interesting um, not a really a major news story to get into because that's pretty much the extent mm-hmm. of it so I figured we'd start there at the top to warm the engines here of uh, of uh, whatever new ship Mandalorian is going to be flying in season three uh, how's it going guys what do you think about that Mando filming soon breaking the news Moff Gideon himself. Honestly, right off the top of my head, I wanted to say you said it's almost back to school time. It absolutely is because I had to go to the <laughs> store before uh, we recorded the podcast and I was like, oh, I'll grab a notebook. And I was like walking down 30 aisles of books and folders and there's like kids I in there like grabbing them and stuff. And I'm like, oh I love my it. God. You do? I, I love back to school. I was like the biggest nerd growing up and like back to school time was the best because it meant you got new clothes and new school supplies and you got to plan out your binder and dividers and pens and all that stuff mm-hmm. because that's the only time your parents really bought it for it well mine did my parents bought it for me is like right at the beginning of school because then after that's like you know it's kind of your responsibility to make sure you have what you need mm-hmm. oh my god i would get like the clear view ones that you could put stuff in that you'd be like this is my binder and like create collages and stuff i was such <laughs> a loser I, I did like the new clothes thing because I felt like everything was new. Like you had new shoes, new socks, new underwear, yes. new pants, new, sh- new shirt. And you like had like maybe, you know, um, you know, five things or something like five outfits. So you're kind of like putting it all together or whatever. Like how that first week was going to go. You guys, are yeah. so, you guys are nerds, man. One of the coolest a- things I ever got was seventh grade. I got Britney Spears jeans, like the ones that had the belt part cut off mm. where it's like cut at the top. All the ladies know what I'm talking about. It's like you have your pants and then the part where the belt goes, they cut it off and it's like frayed. Oh, low rise or whatever, right? But it was like Britney Spears jeans. And so I was like so excited to have a pair. I was like, oh my God. Were those jeans called Fray Britney? 
No. But I really hope she does get freed if we're... No, Frey, because the top of the jeans are probably frayed. I know that you're making a joke, because, but it's a very uh, serious situation. I, I think it was just Itney Spears, because they just cut off the, the top part of it. <laughs> See that? <laughs> That's Unbelievable. I was, I was so pumped about it, though. I was more like... And I was... Uh, I mean, I was certainly I had nerdy and stuff like that, too. But I was more like into like, oh, what a... I wonder what the girls are going to look like this year and that sort of thing. That was my focus. It's always some bro comment. <laughs> it's always a bro comment. I wasn't a bro, though. That's the thing. Girls, they, they weren't into me. I was, but uh, until college anyway. <laughs> but anyway, that was me. I wasn't worried about my trapper keeper. Uh, as for Giancarlo, yeah. I thought the funniest comment from him was about him wearing the helmet. He's like, I don't know, man. Like. It's his job to wear the helmet, though. Like, that's part of the whole bit. And I was like, you tell yeah. him, Giancarlo. It was like, almost like he was being point. Moff Gideon a little like, who cares about the Mandalorian? Put the helmet back on. <laughs> yeah. It's my show. <laughs> yeah. <I'm>, and, <clears throat> this is going to be a hot take. But I'm kinda... I was going to say, it sounded like you were making this big thing. Well, I'm just like. <laughs> Clears his throat first. <clears throat> I was so excited for him in the second season. And. I don't know. I'm not super excited for him to be like the main villain in the third one. If that, if that is the case, I don't mind him being in the show, but I hope that his third season appearance is more strongly contested, you know? But what if he shows up in Itney jeans? Then that, it would be pretty hot. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be like, yo, Take them off, Gideon. That'd be pretty hot. <laughs> Take them off, Gideon. Uh, um, all right. John, John, John starting school. He's like, I'm just excited to see what the Gideons look like. <laughs> I'm just so excited to see what Gideons look like. Yeah. Um, all right. We have uh, a lot to get into today. A lot of stories. So let's uh, let's get it going, James. It's the resistance. All right. Well, this week we have um, a lot going on with casting. I think that's the bit that's going to be the theme of today's episode. Uh, and the first one is going to start with a report that uh, was not actually about Star Wars, sort of. And it was kind of hard to track track down when we first saw it. Uh, but THR put out this, you know, story about uh, push behind what if. And they were, you know, talking about characters that have made the jump from uh, animation to live action and other such like that. And then somewhere just really buried deep down in this story, (laughs) they dropped this bomb, which is that uh, the Ahsoka spinoff for Disney Plus uh, is now looking for an actress to star opposite Dawson as Mandalorian warrior Sabine Wren. Like... I just throw that out there. It wasn't like you, like every Star Wars site was like, that's the headline. That's a big thing. And THR just dropped it in with this uh, Disney Plus, what if, uh, you know, I don't want to say fluff piece. It was like their promotion for the new thing that was happening when it was coming out. So, uh, but it's just an interesting thing and uh, got everybody talking about uh, who should play the character and uh, what does this mean for the series and, uh, you know, so many other things like that. I'm actually going to start with John on this one. What do you think, John, about 
this uh, little bomb drop that THR did. It's it's funny because we always look at it from the lens of the diehard Star Wars fan, and then if you know articles go around um, on not just uh, like Star Wars Newsnet, which is where everyone should go for their Star Wars news anyway, uh, especially as things start heating up, uh, and we have some pretty interesting stories coming soon. By the way, I don't know if they're out yet or not, but stay tuned. But <laughs> um, the 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 one thing I find interesting about this is like probably like a good 90% of Star Wars fans probably don't know who Sabine is. So to THR, the person writing that article is probably like, I don't know. Yeah, some, some Sabine, they're, they're casting this character. I don't know. Meanwhile, Star Wars fans are like, it's happening. Ah! <laughs> you know, so I get you. You know, We look at it from those, those that lens and, and, and um, for them, that's why it's on paragraph five after the third ad and, and that sort of thing. But uh, Star Wars fans plucked it out and found it, which is uh, a great part of the aspect of being a Star Wars fan online is that nothing gets past us. Mm-hmm. Um, so this to me, though, um, the fact that they say they're searching for an actress or whatever, you know, I, I've been in the camp of rooting for the people who played the roles. And I think Tia Sarkar could be, uh, could play Sabine. I was, I have no issue with that. I know some people like try to make it a thing, but, um, just like I want, um, uh, uh, Taylor Gray to play Ezra, which it's probably going to be unlikely too. But the, to me, the, the verbiage here that they're, they're looking for someone to play it. If the, if that's the case, then they're going outside of what uh, has already existed. Uh, cause you don't need to look for someone who already played the role. Uh, you have that person on, on, in your phone already. You know what I'm saying? Like Dave Filoni could, could text Tia Sarkar and be like, Hey, you know, we got this role for you, which probably <laughs> would have already happened. So mm-hmm. the fact that this report's coming out now that they're looking for the actress means she's probably not going to be playing Sabine, uh, which to me sounds like where you can put a nail in the coffin in terms of animated actors playing their roles in live action, with the exception to the role being uh, Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan. I think that was just, that's going to be the outlier and not the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, that's which the is Darth a little Maul bit of a dis- of like now that it exists, it's always a possibility. Yeah, and you know what? It's like um it's 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 a little upsetting so you know having you know we talked to Taylor Gray and how much he clearly wanted to do it. Um I'm not saying it's official that he's not, but it sounds like it's probably not going to happen. Um it's it's just seems like that's going to be the way they go now. And I wonder now that this exists, now that they've made the jump of existing animated characters making the jump to live action, I wonder if for future animated shows where there's now that window like, yeah, you know what? This character could one day pop in live action. Do they reverse cast in the sense where they go for someone who they know can play that role and almost de- like develop the look of the character and animation based on how the person looks as a human so that they can make that transition and have the person play them in animated and live action, kind of like the Fennec Shan thing uh, and and that sort of thing. So I think we may be seeing a change of the tide in how this happens now, where you may get someone casted in a role who, who can do voice acting, who can also play the role and do like kind of a double barreled thing. So I'll be interesting to keep an eye on that, but that's it's going to be interesting going forward, but it sounds to me like, at least from my chair here, it doesn't look like Tia Sakar is going to be playing Sabine. I don't know what you guys think. Mm-hmm. Did I see your thoughts? Yeah, I have to agree. I don't think Tia Sakar is going to get this role if they're looking 
for someone to play the role that to me seems like they have looked at a couple people but they're continuing that search um it is interesting like you said james that this is so buried in this article it's such like a it could have been its own article you know it could have been an exclusive type thing but i guess uh the hollywood reporter didn't feel the need to have it be its own story which is interesting nowadays with the clickbaity world we live in that this wouldn't be its own thing but the fact that they said sources are saying Lucasfilm is looking for an actress to star opposite, um, to me, says that obviously they have multiple people that are saying this. However, it's still not official. So you always have to take these things with like, okay, they could be, they couldn't be. But because it's a Hollywood reporter and they're pretty reliable as a source, um, I think it's interesting that we're finding out this way once again I, I i don't think that it's a surprise necessarily i think it's one of those like john says book it or whatever characters that obviously sure. she would show up um i think a lot of people thought she was going to show up in the mandalorian season two and she didn't um i know a lot of people thought that uh Casca Reeves was Sabine Wren originally remember with the whole robe thing and I, everyone was like it's, it's gotta be Sabine. a lot of people <laughs> Sorry, a lot of people Some on the people. internet. How about that? Yeah. A lot of people on the internet were speculating that it could be uh, Sabine, but it, it wasn't. Um, so, that was again... Lacey, that was because Sasha Banks had the purple hair, right? That was the whole thing? Yeah, she kind of looks like her, and she had yeah, colored hair. And... Similar skin tone, um, size, obviously able to get action-oriented if they needed to, and then she's famously known for having purple hair. It's just a, a lot of things kind of lined up with that. Yeah. Um, which again, I mean, she could have been, but she wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they picked they or picked wisely she. who they were going to have be part of Mandalorian season two. Um, I'm interested to see who they're going to eventually cast. But to me, this isn't surprising. I think it pushes more towards the Ezra Thrawn storyline if she's taking part in this. Um, so that's really exciting. And I'm sure James is going to yeah. touch on that about how his blue boy could show up <laughs> in, in this series. I mean, but okay, so yeah, I'll take it from there. But that's that's the thing is is the more we're hearing about the rumors, it de- it definitely seems like that's the story they're going with. They're going to pick right. up where Rebels left off, um, because we've heard about Thrawn being cast, we've heard about Ezra being cast, or that they're looking now. They're looking at Sabine, and I don't know if this is one of those things where it's like self fulfilling prophecy, like like somebody heard Ezra, but then. Uh, they were like, okay, well, I'll kind of believe that. And then when the rumor of Thrawn lines up, it's not taken with its own speculation. It's more along the lines of like, well, we did hear the thing about Ezra. So the Thrawn thing starts to make sense. Then you hear something, you hear another character might be cast and you're like, oh, all of it's coming together. And it's like, it's like (laughs) the first thing was wrong. You know what I mean? The first story was wrong. It makes Um, you think of SpongeBob where he's like, the gang's all here. And he's drawing this money. (laughs) So, yeah, and I was, you know, <laughs> when the news hit or whatever, I got on uh, Reddit and I saw that it was posted or whatever, and there was a there was a comment that or a new post that was like, now that now that she's confirmed showing up in this show or whatever, and I popped in, I said not confirmed, and I said a reliable source has stated that they're looking for actors to uh, mm-hmm. to play the character, and I got some comments that were like, is there is what's the difference like usually these trades are correct anyway and i was like well you know <laughs> they could cut ha- the character that yeah. could be a thing yeah, yeah this is not disney saying we've cast this character it's somebody in a in an unrelated article throwing out a line which means they maybe not even i mean that could be an edit it's not like 
exclusive post that like you take down the post, that's a bigger deal. But like you could even remove that line if you don't feel comfortable about it. Sure, sure. And it's like all that being said, it's like they're looking at this in probably the same way that they're probably looking at a couple different storylines or elements or characters that they could bring in. And that's one of them. So they're kind of toying with that idea. All that being said, this seems like the most likely thing that they're going to do pick up right after rebels. Um, and on the Tia cigar thing, I'm with you guys. I could see, I could see it being played by that person, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, you know, and that's not mm-hmm. what I want to happen necessarily. Um, I'm, I am open to the idea of, you know, a, somebody else playing Ezra, somebody else playing Thrawn, somebody else play. Oh, that's another one, John, though. Thrawn. Oh, uh, Lars Mickelson, if that's will true. Will be playing the character if that rumor is true. So yeah. that's another thing. But, uh, but yeah, I am, I am totally down just the same way as Ashley Eckstein said she was glad to have Rosario Dawson become part of the Osaka, ah- Ahsoka family. That to me is PR totally stuff. fine with having new people become a, a new iteration of Ezra, a new iteration of Sabine. And, you know, when you go to celebration or something like that, you can get it signed by both and that doubles its value. You know, it's all that. It's just, it's cool. You know, I, I, I don't mind that. And I imagine that those characters, uh, the people they hire are going to do really good at, uh, what they do to bring that character to life. Um, probably dare I say even better, you know, even more so than cause they're making these decisions based on what they think is best for the property that they're making so i don't know um interesting very excited about the ahsoka show by the way uh the next story though is taiko it's all about taika right uh he was i don't know john might have more to this story actually because he he threw me for a loop when he posted something uh before we started but taika has said now that his next thing that he's working on is the star wars thing and he was questioned about does it fit in with his style uh and you know how do you how are you gonna do a star wars property which tends to be more like this as far as tone and then uh you know your typical stuff and he had some good answers about that meaning like i kind of sneak attack and get get in with the heavy hitting stuff when you least expect it that's kind of my style so he thinks he'll fit in very well with star wars because it is truly him and he feels like that is there's nothing truer than that so Lacey, i'm gonna start with you on this one taika watiti is getting ready to start on that star wars movie your thoughts i am so excited which no one is surprised by this this is not surprising at all um i loved ragnarok i think it's one of the best if not the best marvel movie it's just the tone of it everything about it is perfect to me so when this story came out i did tweet like oh i love it I love it. No, I know. I'm, the oh, joke but is. you're doing the. <laughs> is it though? He ad libbed that. He yeah. didn't even write that. He ad libbed it. But yeah. So <laughs> I, when he tweeted, when we tweeted, Star Wars News Net tweeted this, I just retweeted it with like, sounds perfect to me. When he said that he's really excited because it feels very him, very me, is what he said. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great. That's what I'm expecting. That's what I want. That's the exact tone. I want you. I want your quirkiness, your personality. Um, and he really knows how to tell a great story. And that's what I want. And that I think that's what all of us want as Star Wars fans is 
take the time you need, you know, do what you want to do, take risks. As long as the story is good, I'm on board. And I think that, I hope that's what most of us, at least we feel that way. Um, the one thing that did stick out to me was that he said that he, quote, I tend to go down that little uh, sincerity alleyway in my films. I like to fool the viewer mm-hmm. into thinking, ha, it's this. And yeah. then have them going, damn it, you made me feel something. I love that. That is like the perfect explanation of how I like watching things um, from not just Star Wars movies, but definitely with The Mandalorian is like there would be moments where I'm like, oh, I know where this is going. And then it takes a complete different turn. You're like, oh, okay, (laughs) no, I'm still guessing. Um, And so I can't wait to see what he does with Star Wars and where he takes it, because ultimately he's going to bring something to the galaxy that we've never seen before. And that's what I've always wanted from day one when Lucasfilm sold to Disney is like, show me something different. (laughs) Yeah. And one thing I forgot to mention is that he did state that we've got the story. So he, he does have it in his head. He knows exactly where he's going with that. And John, exterior uh, space stage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's still an exterior (laughs) space stage. Um, But uh, the thing that you said that threw me off, and I didn't know if it was a joke or not, I just kind of like read it really quickly, was you said something about he he couldn't get the Flash Gordon off, and that's why he moved to Star Wars. Because that was recently announced that he was that it was going to be an animated thing, and then he was moving to live action. Was that a joke, or did I miss an element of the story? Are, are you talking about... Um, oh, we're going to talk about some... We're going to have a deeper discussion on this Thursday, I think. Um, but... This was yes. So in a sense, um, Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars started with George Lucas wanting to do a Flash Gordon movie. So that's that's kind of like mm-hmm. where this comes a little bit of full, full circle. But in terms of Taika, um, I think he is going to bring something fresh. I do agree with Lacey, but I also think it's gonna he's gonna kind of round it out and give us something that we haven't gotten in a while from Star Wars, which is the certain campiness and charm that a new hope gave us. I love um, weird bef- star Wars. Give me all the weird star Wars. Yeah. Like, and, and, um, you know, and Miguel, who's been writing so many of our articles for star Wars news net. So shout out Killing to him. It. He's doing a great job, buddy. Um, I added a quote into the article oh. that I took away from the gallery, uh, from the season one of gallery where Taika was asked like what he, thinks star wars is and he said i um it doesn't take itself too seriously but it does believe in itself and i think that's like perfection and um we're gonna get into it more on thursday because we're gonna have uh spoiler alert (laughs) um we're gonna have a a more deeper discussion about taika watiti and and i realize where i misread the thing by the way yeah (laughs) (laughs) so he uh yeah i was trying to like divert but um (laughs) yeah we're gonna we're gonna have a more lengthy discussion about taika on thursday but um in terms of this like he he seems to get it and i'm very excited i do like the fact that he says they have the story having christy wilson carnes who co-wrote 1917 uh is is writing this with him um, and I do like everything that he has done so far. And I think his, um, just his personality is, I don't want to say Teflon, but it's hard to dislike him. So it's going to be very interesting to see like how the fans react to a Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. If it's still like, you know, I didn't really like it, but I, I just like him so much that I can't say anything bad about it. You know what I'm saying? Like when, when they uh, announced him, he was just like, can't wait to ruin your favorite franchise. Exactly. Yeah. So the fact that he's, he's, he's that... <laughs> 
he's that way about it. Almost like it's like when you uh, Eminem like diffuses the guys at the end of Eight Mile, where they have nothing left to say because he mm-hmm. already said it. It's like kind of like that thing. But it's it's very cool that he's writing it right now. Uh, someone is writing a Star Wars movie right now. In addition to the fact that we have the Rogue Squadron that's going into production soon, but. Uh, I think that is amazing that Taika Waititi is writing a Star Wars movie as we speak on his like pretty probably old school typewriter at his house. Uh, so <laughs> no, I'm just MacBook very Pro. Ex- yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Because he he had all the statements about the MacBook Pro. <laughs> yeah, and the, the whole you know it feels very me thing, but um, and we wanted to add that in the headline because I felt it was important. But at the same time, he does say. Uh, you know, it does feel like me, but he also understands that it is Star Wars and he wants to capture that aesthetic and, st- and sort of thing. But what, what I do like what like Lacey brought up him saying about he goes down the sincerity alleyways and stuff. It's almost like it is a trick in how like when you trick your kid to eat their vegetables sort of thing and you like hide it inside the peanut butter and jelly. You're like and that's a made up thing. No one does that. But um, in other words, how you, how you trick your kids to eat their vegetables is kind of like Taika getting people in their seats to watch the zany, crazy, funny guy make his movie, and then you don't realize that he hits you right in the heart. You mean like nuggets that are made of vegetables now? Sure. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) It's a better example than vegetables in your peanut butter jelly. Well, you you trick your kids to eat eat their vegetables. Everyone who has kids know that that's (laughs) something that you do. But my point is he tricks you into... uh, his stereotype is like he's this crazy guy, he's so outlandish, he's so out there, throwing Ragnarok, it's wild. But he can really uh, tell a heartfelt story, and he understands characters and that sort of thing. If you saw like Jojo Rabbit, the Valkyrie in Ragnarok is a very touching story. Once she gets yeah. into the nitty gritty of who she is, yeah, yeah, he, and he knows how to how to walk that line. And I don't want to get too much more into it until our discussion on Thursday, but it's just very exciting to hear that um, he's. It's on. It's a go because every once in a while with Star Wars, we do get a little nervous about those mm-hmm. announcements. And Ryan Johnson still he he's not writing his Star Wars movies yet, but here we are. Taika is writing his. It's mm-hmm. in produ- like pre production because it's being created, and that um, is a good feeling. Yeah. Um. I don't really know that I have a, a whole lot to add to this because, like I said, we're we're doing a whole thing on Taika on Thursday, but uh, it is exciting to know that he is officially working on it. It is yeah. exciting to know that it is the next thing to happen. And uh, a couple things that you guys touched on was the response of uh, him saying, I can't wait to ruin your favorite franchise. And it <laughs> makes me think who is a director or someone in that position who would be totally resilient against a, a massive backlash of a of a film. I feel like he thrives in that. Like he wants people and to be mad at him. He's, he's like, probably. Okay. I mean, off the top of my head, uh, I think he's probably the the number one director or person celebrity that I would think would be least affected by um, right. that type of thing. Right. So I don't know. It it really makes me. Um, kind of remember when Ryan Johnson didn't seem to be affected by the last Jedi stuff, no matter how bad it got, he was always like, well, you know, that's just like your opinion, man, you know, like or whatever he did. Ryan Johnson. Are you sure you got the right guy? Yeah, absolutely. 
Or what? He went to he went to bat a little bit more. It wasn't like more of like a, a sh- like Taika does like more of like a shrug off, like the Luke Skywalker brush oh, off. Yeah, but I'm but I'm saying he wasn't emotionally affected or hurt by the fans that didn't like his movie, is what I'm saying. Oh, I don't sure. really know. I know JJ. Do you was, guys not he, think that? I think he didn't. He didn't even. He was I, like, I, I mean, made, he, I made the best. He got into Twitter for, battles with some people. I don't but, think. I think it's hard for any human being to take something that they've worked and put. Their I wouldn't soul be able into to. Yeah, I and, wouldn't be able and not to do have it. any type of emotional reaction yeah. to that and or snark at times. Like I defend his snark, but I'm saying there were moments of snarkiness and stuff that came out because. Yeah, I think he did stand by what he did, which is totally fine. Um, but yeah. I mean, w- we talked about this on a Patreon thing last week with one of our Spice Runners, Neil. But uh, the director and Jedi documentary is a great example of the the movie process. If you haven't watched it, definitely go back and watch it. But what Ryan goes through as well. Like I always talk about what Mark Hamill goes through because I'm a little mm-hmm. biased because I love Mark Hamill. But yeah, there's two Ryan names John- in that title. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Johnson goes through a lot during that that movie that you see the progression of like, oh my gosh, I'm taking this on. Oh my God, can I handle this? Oh my gosh, this is so much pressure. I care so much about this. And then to know what happens next, it, it is a little bit heartbreaking. So James, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying I think that there was a little bit of an emotional reaction at times, rightfully so, because you're defending what you care about. Sure. Yeah, that, that's, so, that's so interesting you guys take that stance on that because, like, I, I understand they handled it different, like him versus Taika and how I think they would handle it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my thought is that, like, he's on this side, on the same side as Taika as far as, like... I agree, to Being an extent, unaffected yes. by fandom. I on feel like J.J. Abrams was more affected negatively. Sure, and he was oh. always explaining things. Chris Terrio, too. I, I think they're I on couldn't, a spectrum. I couldn't disagree more. I think JJ was constantly explaining things yeah. and saying that he understood how I, fans felt and stuff and responding to things. I think JJ yeah, was so was happy asked, with Force Awakens that when Rise of Skywalker came around, he he kind of had the George Lucas aspect of like bummed that well, like we people have done this. Yeah, yeah. I want to go. I could have gone back and changed some things like that kind of stuff. I didn't get that from like from JJ. Like I, he was asked about the red carpet. He's like, "What do you think about fans who say you should have done this or should have done that?" He goes, "They're right." It's like everyone's entitled to their opinion, whatever. No, that and that's what I'm saying is I think I think maybe you didn't call people like man babies. Perhaps or like confidence, poke the bear. Perhaps confidence is the right term. Like J, uh, Ryan was very confident with this movie, and he wasn't. He didn't feel that he made any bad mistakes or that he would do things differently. Um, whereas I think like, so I got that from JJ because he was trying. I think to JJ was more open. Yeah, to yeah. I think JJ's been more open. Great point, mm-hmm. James. That he was like. He, like you said, John, like he was like, yeah, fans are right. They're not wrong. And he's given talks about how he's like, yeah, there are things I probably would have done differently. And I would have, whereas Ryan has never said he'd do anything differently. He's very like, this is my movie. This is what I made. This is what I stand by. And I think that's what I'm coming from at least is like JJ's more open to the interpretation and or understanding that things could have been different and or he might've made the wrong choices. Mm -hmm. Whereas Ryan was very like, no, I didn't. Yeah. Which is, both equally fair and right in their own situations. Well, speaking yeah. of Andor, 
Uh, <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> we have we have another rumor, actually. And just the same way as we were talking about the live action Sabine Wren, it's not official. Uh, we did get a report from a trade, and this actually was the article, was the headline, uh, that Alex Lothar is joining the cast of Andor. Um, uh, I don't want to say young. Uh, he's like tw- 25, mid-20s. Uh, but he will be joining this cast, uh, uh, according to the direct. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> There's not a whole lot here. He's been in a couple different things, including Black Mirror, and uh, he's getting ready to be in the Adam Driver, Matt Damon movie, The Last Duel, which is coming out. Uh, obviously, he's surrounded himself in good talent, and I watched something of his today that was kind of his best moments, uh, a, a reel, a digital reel of his of his movies and things, and I thought, hey, this feels right. He looks like he would be really good at what he's doing. He screams rebellion to me, um, like a, a rebel character or something. But I'm going to start back with John. What do you think on uh, this person joining the cast of Andor? Um, I'd be lying if I said I knew who this guy was. So, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I Googled him like five minutes before we started podcasting. Um, but yeah, 26 year old British guy, uh, white. That that leans me to Imperial, but he won't be. I I can see this guy being like kind of a a guy who like knows Ben Kenobi but doesn't know he's a Jedi sort of thing. And then he sees Obi Wan light up a lightsaber and he's like, Oh my god, like this one is of those Andor types of though. People. This is Andor. Oh, this though. is Andor? See, I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it is it is funny. I did the exact same thing, John. I, I was, was like Kenobi. looking at him, I was like, could oh, he kinda geez. looks young in the face, even though he's twenty. Could could they make could they put like a digital Luke on him or something? And I was like, what about this is the wrong show? <laughs> uh no, yeah. You wanna I don't re- have any you other stuff. Do that, John? <laughs> Yeah. No, I don't that, really There's care. a bold prediction. Like said, Everyone showing I'm up in Andor. I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, like I said, I Googled this guy a few minutes before. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know who he is. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, cast in Andor, it's a rumor. Uh, cool. Yeah, it's it's kind of <laughs> hard to say. I, I don't think any of us have any experience with this actor. Like, I did not Mm-mm. see him in this movie, loved the movie, thought he did really well in that. Uh, yeah, uh, like I put I said, this in the in the main news stories because I figured he was someone of notoriety that I just hadn't heard of and I looked at his filmography and I haven't seen literally anything he was in. Have you seen the trailer for Last Duel? Because that is intense. So whoever he's playing in that movie, it is a lot of intense medieval haircuts. (laughs) Angry Adam Driver per usual. Like Maybe maybe he's playing um, like uh, Krennic's nephew or something. I honestly think he's going to be a young character in the rebellion that's going to do something stupid that's going to drive the story forward. You know what I mean? Like that one kid that does the that wants to prove himself, that makes a mistake, that then drives the conflict to the point that they're like, "We're going to lose." And then watch it. Have- watch it's like one of those like you know scoops where it's like he's just some guy who plays like a guy who just goes right over here, sir. Here's your pen, oh, yeah, sir. Totally. Like, like his, yeah, his casting it. agent or whatever is just is like, "Hey, yeah, he's going to yeah, be in this." Yeah. And- like He's like, I really hope my, my scene gets left in the show yeah. where I say like, oh, let me hold that door for you. My so. impression based on yeah. the stuff that I saw in his demo reel was that he would be more of a, a main character. So Well, that's why I think he, he just has a look to me and I'm not a casting director, but he has a look like he's trying. He's going to try to be a part of the gang. 
And then, but ultimately he's going to, you know what I mean? Like that character that messes up and they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm just trying to help. He, he seems like mouse in the matrix. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exactly. exactly. He's part of the team, but he's the youngest on the team. And you Little never naive. really know. Like yeah. he, he earned his way there, but he's still, uh, the Linus, if you will. But anyway, uh, yeah. I'm just we really have... excited to see him in Kenobi. That's all I have to say. If we don't have Speaking anything else Kenobi. to say, we can move on to the next story. <laughs> John wants to yeah. see him in Kenobi. Uh, <laughs> but then I guess speaking of Kenobi, right? Yeah. We already yeah. know that Indira Varma is uh, on the show. And she was doing an interview recently where she said that Ewan McGregor and Deborah Chow have been doing a, a great job at making this beast of a film feel like an independent because everybody on set is very collaborative and very open, and it's uh, a freeing experience more so than she would have expected a giant property like Star Wars, especially when she also stated that she doesn't know a whole lot about it, including she's seen the old ones, but doesn't even really know like how they're supposed to be in order or something along those lines. Uh, the Star Wars News Network article move, does a good job at Let's pointing see. out Let's see how it pays off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The Star Wars News (laughs) article does a good job at pointing out that, you know, there have been many creatives in the Star Wars world uh, and talent as well that don't know a lot about Star Wars. And they tend to be fan favorites and do a really good job. So, uh, you know, I think we can rule that out there. But it is interesting to hear her side of the story and how that production is coming along. Uh, Lacey, I'm going to go right bounce back at you. I actually want to let John start since he's so eager to talk about Obi Wan. Might as well yeah. let him pick up there. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think I think Indira is going to play Andor's love interest, and I think they're going to start off <laughs> kind of. Oh, she's in are Kenobi. You, wait, okay. are you talking? Wait, what? that makes oh, sense. <laughs> never mind. I got distracted. <laughs> I was right, thinking I'm about kidding. the other girl that got <laughs> cast in Andor, and I was like, "That's my idea." Andrea Arjona. Makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah go ahead. No, um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I love her in Game of Thrones. Such was fantastic. I'm sure she didn't know anything about Game of Thrones before she was in that. Sure. Uh, I I think it's overrated where someone needs to know about Star Wars or anything to be in something. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Mark yeah. Hamill didn't know anything about Star Wars when he took the gig. So, um, because it didn't exist. Uh, no, but tough crowd today. Tough crowd today. <laughs> Tough crowd. Um, uh, no, I. It's this is fine. I think this is great. The fact that you have this actor like openly saying like, yeah, I don't, I don't know much about Star Wars because that's kind of, I, I hate the lie. I hate the oh yes, I've been a big fan. Like whenever someone's interviewed about oh, uh, if someone's cast as Superman or if they're cast as Batman, like have you always loved Batman? Like. Yes, yes, I've always loved Batman. Um, and like reads their hand and what their publicist tells them to say. Like, uh, Adam West was so good as the first Batman. And it's just like I'd rather someone be like, yeah, honestly, I I wasn't really a big Star Wars fan, but I'm a good actor, so I'm gonna do a good job. Uh, I don't think it's important. I don't think it's necessary. So I think sometimes people put a lot of too much stock in it. It's nice when they are, like when a John Boyega is a legitimate Star Wars fan. You're like, that's cool, man. That is so cool that he gets to be in Star Wars. He maybe like can explain things to other castmates about what that stormtrooper does or what that is. But it's not necessary. And she's uh, from some of the photos. Looks like she may be on the evil side of things. Uh, you don't need to know about 
the force and stuff like that if you're an imperial right so even even that adds uh, credence to her lack of knowledge as being okay um this is fine the the, the more interesting part here is that they are um looks like they're doing a more character driven narrative driven type of story which we all kind of expected i hope it's nothing too dark i still want that fun space adventure uh, and see ewan do his thing but the fact that uh, she's praising deborah chow and ewan mcgregor sounds like it's a very collaborative environment um and ewan probably has a lot of input being that he's played this role for so long um it's just little little nuggets like this make me more excited about the show when it comes out so uh do you need to know about star wars being it absolutely not i actually find this very refreshing that she has zero problems saying that and i I, if if people are going to be like oh look at them casting someone who doesn't know about star wars you're just you sound like an ass Mm-hmm. Lacey, what are your thoughts on on? Uh, well, I should probably say? state that I was joking when I <laughs> said that. What'd you say? <laughs> I said that I was joking that she didn't know about Star Wars. How oh, bold move! Yeah, that? no, yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, I think the first thing is when I read her comment about it being a beast like an octopus. All I thought about was the Goonies and the octopus scene that gets cut from the movie, and I was like, well, I hope it's not like that because it didn't even make it into the movie. <laughs> um. <laughs> But I really kind of felt bad for her in her quotes because she talks about how everything's new and a little embarrassing and she keeps getting called out on stuff. And what John just said made me feel a little bad because I was like, oh, she's probably on set. And she's like, huh? And they're and I could just picture you and McGregor being like, how do you not know my character? Oh. <laughs> you know, you gotta feel bad. Not like obviously he's not mean or anything, but it's like you just feel like, oh, should I get into this? Because it happens to all of us as Star Wars fans. I mean, I'm kind of going through that with the High Republic where people are like, how do you not know this? And I'm like, I should know it, but I don't. I'm sorry. Um, so I feel a little bit bad, but I think she's excited and I, I I'm pumped that she's saying the production is a beast because to me that's not just the story and the acting but the overall production is probably crazy too like the sets and using the volume and just the overall experience to her is just bigger than life which is what we expect from star wars so that's pretty cool um from her pictures on set that we saw that kind of leaked, she is in the kind of Empire garb, but she could be undercover. We don't know. Cause, that's, you know that's a good point. Rose that's and true. Uh, Finn went undercover. So, yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. But I'm every day is a good day when you hear Obi-Wan Kenobi updates. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, there's two angles to the... Uh, she doesn't know that much about Star Wars because sure. I think fans really did dig it when even Ron Howard was like, and then, you know, gives him, gives Sam Witwer the lightsaber or whatever, tells him like he's going to ignite his lightsaber. And he's like, no, which lightsaber are we talking here? And he goes into all the details and all that, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. stuff it excites fans. But mm-hmm. I think the reason that is, is because fans like to live vicariously through the actor's story. They were like, if right. I were on set, I would be the knowledge base and I would know everything <laughs> about this type of stuff. And when it comes to actually pulling off what they need to do, do you need to know Star Wars in order to hold this lightsaber the right way? You know, 
Uh, you yeah. don't because there's going to be somebody on set that is going, you're not holding that the correct way. And then they go, oh, how am I supposed to hold it? Okay. And, and then, that person is Ewan McGregor. <laughs> no, I, I think you said Ewan McGregor, but I think she's being teased continually by the the makeup people oh, and the prop people because yeah. they're like, they hand her like, uh, you know, something and they're like, here you go. And they just like expect somebody to know what that is. And she's like, what is this? And then they're like, how do you not know what that is? And it's just like a common thing because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that it seems like everybody who's working on this show grew up with Star Wars. Is a fan. Is a fan. And uh, it's very rare that someone on that show who's working with these actors who get to be in the movies, um, you know, that they hand them that prop and they like don't do it right or something or they push the wrong button or they go uh beep 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 or you know set phaser to stun or something you know like not that's that's a line in the show but like just a joke and they're like oh my gosh you're killing us over here mm-hmm. with how much you don't know and Laura <laughs> Dern saying you while she's shooting yeah yeah because once the camera's on you're that character and that's fine and we're gonna make sure that it comes off the mm-hmm. right way but uh, but yeah, I understand it. And I understood it more to be like just a teasing thing. Yeah. How do you not know this? <laughs> yeah. I, I am interested in the the high production level of these shows and how it's being treated like an independent movie and how much that actually is information that we should care about, information mm-hmm. that maybe only the actors, the people on the set care about. Because if you remember... Uh, maybe another example. Oscar Isaac <clears throat> said that Rise of Skywalker felt like an indie movie. Uh, it was like, I don't did that, that really come across in the final production? No. Uh, because maybe there were some lines in there that were a little more ad libbed, a little more open to uh, interpretation, and JJ was willing to flow with a couple of those things because. I'm not in, you know, before it was, I'm in control. You're the new guy. You're playing Poe Dameron. I have this vision, but he's been Poe, you know, twice now. And JJ's only directed one movie. So it's like, it was just collaborative by the time they got to that third movie. And it felt, he said it felt like an indie film. And it's like, oh, that that's weird. Does do, do my question to you guys then is, does that statement actually mean anything for the final production or do you think that's just like a behind the scenes like it's cool i'm having a good time like catering's great like well, that doesn't help to me, anything with, with indie movies it just kind of means that it's not top heavy and there's not this like um weight like hanging over you or like the, you right. feel like the studio's like tapping you on the shoulder asking what's going on mm-hmm. everyone kind of has they can put their input in there maybe they have a little she has a little freedom on what she wants to do with her character improvisation is certainly a big thing uh with indie movies where sometimes you can bend the script a little bit if you if you're dealing with uh, a writer who's more of the artistic flair um so a lot of those things could be certainly a part of it and if if the fact that she's saying this about you know a mega massive disney production um lends credence to a lot of things one kathleen kennedy believing in deborah chow as a director uh obviously you had multiple writers on this series uh that took over for someone else it went from a movie script they stretched it out into a series broke it down handed it over to one writer then joby harold comes in he's the latest writer so there's probably 
a lot of flexibility there and a lot of trust into what's going on here. And I think the trust uh, has to lie on Deborah Chow as the director because she's directing this whole thing. Um, so to hear her say that about this, to me, speaks the most about what they think about Deborah Chow as someone who can capture something and create a project. That's my take on it. Yeah, that's good. Um, I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that take. I, I, I Stop was, the press. Yeah, there were so... <laughs> There was so many interpretations. We're talking about Andor, right? We're You've talking about Andor. Up for not knowing why you were talking about it earlier. There were we're so talking many interpretations about the Lando series. From my point of view, where I was thinking, you know, oh, it's great being on the, a major label, you know, from like a band perspective, but it still feels like we're on an independent label or whatever. And mm. I, I don't know. I'd never really understood some of those motives and how fans would want to hear that because I, I never really. I don't know, connected with the idea that a label was actually like pushing a, an agenda on an album. I was like, we were on a major and we weren't ever like pushed to do any sort of thing or I don't know. So it made me kind of think, you know, differently about that type of statement, but you put it really well, John. Um, a couple of the things that are happening in the Star Wars world just to uh, run through them really quick is that we did get an announcement for the Essential Legends collection. While we're waiting for the second one to come out, they did announce some of the uh, third wave books. And as noted on the Star Wars Newsnet article, it's kind of interesting how they're picking and choosing these stories with like Plagueis and Kenobi and mm -hmm. the X-Wing Wedge's Gamble and how they are somewhat sort of loosely connected on the properties that you should be expecting in live action coming up here soon with Kenobi being an obvious one and then... Uh, the rogue squadron i always forget rogue squadron right <laughs> yeah. yeah the x-wing series yeah yeah um and the movie that's coming up so uh if you guys are interested in new covers and a new push towards some of the legend material uh you can check out the third wave of legends book coming uh being re-released uh and then speaking of things being released hunters is not getting released <laughs> Uh, Star Wars hmm. Hunter was delayed till 2022. Now, I tried to look up some stuff on this game. We actually really don't know much other than a quick little trailer that was released, but it's supposed to be um, a Nintendo game, probably Switch-based, and it is supposed to be like a third-person shooter game that is set after the events of the original trilogy. Uh, kind of exciting, uh, but it is... I think we talked about this when it was announced. It is being produced by Zenga, which is that company that is very much based on microtransactions and pay-to-play mobile Aren't games. Aren't they Word like with that. Friends and Farmville and stuff? Yeah, they, like, I want to say they have a good reputation for some people because they the games are fun and addictive, but then there's a whole other set of gamers that are like, I hate that stuff, <laughs> you know? I thought that was the game where you have to pull the block out and hope the thing doesn't fall down. J That's Jenga. Jenga. Oh, Jenga. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, actually, one other thing that wasn't here, too, is uh, a very uh, loose and untalked about release of the Guardians of the Will manga that dropped yeah. last week. You're uh, right. Almost nobody was talking about it. Greg Rucka, right? He wrote it? What was that? I think Greg Rucka wrote it. Comic writer? Uh, that I don't know. But I remember this got announced and I was excited. I was like, oh, that's interesting. That'd be a really cool read. And we actually just talked about uh, 
the fact that, you know, Chira and Baze might show up again in live action. Yeah. And sure enough, it was like right around the corner that this was going to get released and no one was talking about it. And I even went on Wikipedia and looked up the uh, canon media timeline and it's not on there. I'm like, this is getting buried really crazy. But I don't know. It, it is, is te- Greg Rucka, by the way. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, it is out there. It was a fun story when I read like the, the actual book of it. Now it's in a manga form, like a comic. If you want to check it out, I'm sure you could just buy it on Amazon or something like that. So go check that out. Uh, That was a lot of news, guys. Now we're getting ready to head into our next section, which is, of course, Lacey. What's it called? Mm -hmm. Uh, Really quick, just for people that are listening that are like, okay, Lacey, who's Greg Rucka? (laughs) Greg Rucka is one of the big Star Wars, or not Star Wars, Batman writers, Batman comic DC guys. So a lot of the popular comics that people have liked in runs um, with, I'm forgetting his name. I believe it's Snyder as well as, not Zack Snyder, but it's someone as well. Oh God, I'm blanking. But they do the the Batman series. So a lot of people like those. So go check those out. So I'm assuming that this will also be good. That's why I brought it up. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe, follow us on all the audio apps, including Spotify, which is really cool because you can actually share when you're listening with us to Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And Very true. it's really cool. Just make sure to tag us uh, on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N, or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. But if you want more than that, including exclusive content, live streams, Discord access, mailings, and much more, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at $2 a month, uh, you can support the show and what we're doing here and what we plan to do this year and beyond, um, and just supporting our hopes and dreams of talking about Star Wars, basically, to put it really corny, (laughs) corny, cheesy. Uh, You're supporting us and everything that we do. So we want to give a shout out to those generals and spice runners who are some of our top tiers on Patreon. So first of all, thank you, generals. Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Oliver Lewis, Frank Grande, Hass, Joe Ritchie, Darth Hurricane, John Chorlton, Nick Kratz, uh, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you guys so much as generals. I'm going to take another breath here. Spice runners. David Probus, Neil Shaw, Double C Chris, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, and Micah Harrison. Thank you guys so much. Thank we just you. had our Thank spice you. run with Neil Shaw last week yes. on Patreon, which was a live chat that we do with each one of our spice runners once a month. It's really yep. fun. It's just a really good time to just like connect with people in the community and talk about Star Wars and just geek out a little bit. Um, so if you're wanting to check that out, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. And so, Lacey... Yep. If we can, real quick, a special mm-hmm. shout out to Micah's cat, Loki. Who oh, yes, I loved apparently that. Apparently said uh, he's a big fan of TRB. He actually had a photo of his cat watching TRB. So Micah <laughs> and Loki. Yeah. I really nice. wish that people could see my reactions to their tweets. Like, I wish <laughs> I had someone with me that could, like, record what my... Because, like, I yelled when I saw that picture. I was like, oh, my God, it's a cat. And I, like, yelled out loud. Um, so it was adorable. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Um, and I honestly think that about all the, t- anytime someone tweets us about anything or Instagram or anything shares on social oh, about so like, awesome. what they're listening to or yeah. something they found funny or interesting or, Hey, 
I don't agree with this, I still get pumped. I'm like, let's talk yeah. about it. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this segment lets us talk with our generals and space runners. So this week we had General Jeremy Myers, who I know is going through a little bit Woo. of a tough time right now. I'm so sorry, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. I hope this was a little bit of a break of a fun moment for you. And we appreciate you doing this. So his question this week was, if you had the power to experience a Star Wars movie or episode of a Star Wars show again, without having any memory or knowledge of what happens in it, which would you choose to view again for the first time? Jeremy, take it away. Hey, everyone. Um, Honestly, to me, I think, I know, I've always been different here and appreciated all the, the crazy feedback that you guys give me and constructive and and positive comments that come uh, come my way with all my off the wall things, but I'm gonna go with uh, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Um, I think after watching it again, it kind of ties to a lot of the things that are happening in books and uh, you know, not the novels that we get now, and some of the comic line, and definitely some of the shows. Um, we're getting uh, you know more info that that comes from that and learning how and why just my personal opinion i think uh, maybe the movie itself was not great but i think the uh storyline that comes from it is uh is one that that has fed uh some of this this newer content um you know not going past episode nine but definitely uh you know some of the the mainstream current timeline stuff that we've gone through so so I got. Hope you're all well. General Jeremy out. Awesome job, Jeremy. Thanks again for doing that. John, what did you think? Uh, caught me off guard, but Jeremy usually does uh, in a good <laughs> way. Um, his answers usually make me think about them a little more than uh, I would on an answer I would expect. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think Revenge of the Sith is a, a great pick for the reasons you gave, Jeremy. Um, you just laid it all out pretty well. So um, while Revenge of the Sith is certainly not one of my favorite Star Wars movies, um, and I, it probably wouldn't be my pick, I completely understand that pick. And you kind of opened my eyes to that as a uh, something to choose so that's very cool that you chose that one because it probably if people had to make bets they probably i don't think people would have guessed that uh someone would say that so um i didn't and and you gave a great explanation for that um yeah i hope hope you and the family are all right buddy uh um hope uh uh, you guys are doing well and uh, obviously thanks for your continued support great answer and yeah sometimes we uh, criticize your 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 wild <laughs> takes and stuff like that but it's I love them just as much it's usually because he says Kylo sucks that's usually what your takes are and yeah. I usually he wanted to see him die in the theater and do uh, wasn't he the one who said he wanted to, he did a standing ovation or something when he died yeah yeah so Jer- Jer- Jeremy gets Jeremy can, can bring the spice and I appreciate that but um can't wait to uh to hopefully see you next year, my man, and uh and share beers like we did uh that last time. So General Jeremy out, John's comments out. James? Um, no, just like as John was saying, it was an interesting pick and uh I really like the perspective from coming at it, you know, having never seen the movie and being able to see it again, like for the first time. That's really interesting. This question, uh, so it was a good answer. This question did make me go off the rails a little bit not so much like what movie i would pick but i did think if i could erase something and redo it it would be really fun to re-watch the sequel trilogy 
seven, eight, and nine back to back, having mm. no experience of it and watch it all as one like six hour thing. And I, I just wonder what the perspective of by the time you get to that third movie and you're like, oh my God, it's Palpatine right. <laughs> versus having seen the trailer and all the speculation, like in a weird in way, sometimes time, yeah. when you do something for long enough, you kind of can see behind the curtain and us being Star Wars fans and having to report on it and talk about it and speculate on it all the time. We've seen things from so many different angles that we kind of miss that whole go into the, it's more of like when we do the Rise of Skywalker competition, you know, or like guessing mm -hmm. game. And we're all like checking off the things that we got right, like almost like a bingo game or something. But it would be nice to just go in completely clean and watch like the whole sequel trilogy as it was. But back to you, Jeremy. Uh, great answer. And I, I too would uh, love to be invited over to watch Revenge of the Sith uh, Men in Black style with you. <laughs> Jeremy, great answer. I think there's a lot of people in the TRB community, but also like Star Wars in general that love Revenge of the Sith and that's their favorite and they will oh, stand yeah. by that. So I think that you're not alone in this, no, that a no. lot of people yeah. would love to rewatch that. Right. Um, great answer. Again, I hope everything is well or gets better. Um, uh, the community's here for you. So if you ever need to just chat or geek out about Star Wars, we're ready for you. Um, but now we're going to head back to John. John? Yeah, so we only have a couple of minutes here. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on briefly that we didn't really get into too much because uh, there's not a lot to expand upon because a lot of it would involve kind of guessing, but the excitement over the announcement of a Disney Plus day uh, and a lot of trades and stuff are kind of stoking the flames that people aren't ready for this, what's about to come <laughs> out and stuff like that. Uh, November 12th, Disney Plus day, Bob Chappick is expected to take uh the zoom stage or wherever they're going to do this and announce <laughs> the new slate of shows and and programming that's coming out for disney plus that's obviously going to include star wars so um just want to maybe spend a couple of minutes on that before we get out of here uh just briefly like we're all obviously the three of us hoping that something is involving han and chewy uh on disney plus um who knows if if anything's in the works there there have been a lot of you know rumors that have gone unfounded with that and uh but there's obviously a lot of uh interest from the cast side of things and other and people like that so we're always holding out hope on that um but what do you guys think uh, in terms of star wars obviously i think tempering expectations is the best way to go about it but um it's it still gets you it's like that exciting feeling of when you know you're at the casino and you spin that spin that roulette wheel you don't know where it's gonna land on but you got your chips on something and you know i always get excited at the idea of learning about new upcoming Star Wars stuff. So when you first heard about this Disney Plus day, what was the first thing that popped in your head? Well, this is the sad thing, is the first thing that popped in my head is like, they're just going to give updates on Star Wars stuff and they're not going to announce anything new. Yeah, is that, I was just like, oh, they're going to give updates. But yeah. then like you want stuff that's new, but you don't want to, I don't know, like you said, put your expectations out there of like, oh, I hope they announce this, 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 and this. But then you're like, right. oh, they're probably just going to give updates for the people that don't follow this stuff so closely. Oh, yeah. I, you don't think they're going to announce anything new? I think they definitely I think are. they might. I totally no. think they will. But I think they also, oh, James is going to say no. But I think yeah, no. I'm, I'm in the middle of both of you. I think mm -hmm. they're going to give a ton of updates on stuff that's already pending to remind people, hey, what's coming up next year. And I think they're going to maybe announce a couple of new things. Now, for for me, I think you're on the right side, but it's it's Disney Plus and it's so wide 
that you're, they're going to have so many other things that they're going to consider their big announcements. Sure. Marvel like, and stuff, yeah. No, not I mean, not even that. I mean, like, oh. uh, we're really excited to bring a live action retelling of the Aristocats to Disney Plus. <laughs> like, we're we're all gonna be like, who cares? None of that. I don't want any of this stuff. It's it's mostly gonna be a bunch of children's programming and, and things that they're excited to share. Or whatever. Remember too, they said uh, November and D twenty three is like at the same time, so. Their D23 day, you're saying? Their fandom thing? No, D23 is November 19th, and this was announced for November of this year. But I think D23, it's not a full event, though. It's like a a day, isn't it? It's like a day of something? D23? Oh, Destination D23. Interesting. Hmm. So it's not the D23 event. It's Destination D23. It's like a different fan event. It's like a, a branch off. That's where I was getting confused. I I didn't know that. I thought it was D23. The event was in November. November twenty November 19th. Is that not true? It's called Destination no, D23? it's Destination D23, and it's an event that will take place from November 19th through the 21st at Disney's Contemporary Resort at Walt Disney World. Oh. Huh. I thought it was well, D twenty three. It it really doesn't. It's a branch change. off. It's a smaller event. It's just well, a branch off. That that makes sense then, because that even furthered my confusion. I was like, I don't know what they would announce here that they sure. wouldn't be turning around saying sure. the same thing at this at their big event. But now that it's destination D twenty three, that kind of makes me think that maybe they're going to do all these announcements on Disney Plus Day, and then D twenty three will be like let fans explore all the new mm-hmm. announcements That's and things thing. like that. I think because it's called Disney Plus Day, it's not like an investor's call or anything like that. It's Disney Plus Day right before the holiday season where people are going to be buying stuff on Black Friday leading up to Christmas. Oh, all they're the going to announce holidays. a lot of holiday movies and stuff, I bet. They're going to be they're trying mm-hmm. to sell subscriptions to this, which people may buy for people as gifts, surprise people. Hey, we just got Disney Plus. Who knows? They want to sell people for the upcoming years of this uh, programming. They're going to be in quarter four. They probably want to end the year well. Sure. I think they definitely are going to be announcing stuff for that for those reasons. Um, I didn't say they weren't going to announce the stuff. You're you're saying they're definitely going to be announcing Star Wars stuff. And I think yes. they have plenty of Star Wars stuff to reiterate and show us Rehash, new version of yeah. like, yeah, we're telling you, we're making announcements on Lando. We're making announcements on... Oh, uh, you'll get at least two new Star Wars Acolyte, series announced. Yeah. That, two that new Star Wars series announced? Is that yep. a bet, John? That's a, no, that that's what we call a book it. Is here. that a pie bet, John? Nope, no, no bet. No. That's a guarantee. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> we're yeah, we're on the. I mean, look, I want you to win that because I think that would be <laughs> yeah, awesome. Right? Like we want you to win. But I just I saw this as Disney Plus Day, and everybody's like, "What's the Star Wars stuff?" And I was like, "Guys, no, it's gonna be." <laughs> It's going to be live action. Or is the I, I, that's the thing. I don't think I'm you say, you. oh, we're, we're doing a Disney Plus day. And then yes. people show up and they're like, all right, here you go. Um, Andor is coming out. Yeah. We're like, oh. Right. Well, that's because they're they're going to remind us that Andor season two is ready we to don't... come out. We just went through this whole big adventure on the first season. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, to tell you more about other things that we're doing, <laughs> here's Josh Gad. <laughs> oh, don't even. Yeah, again with that guy. But uh, I imagine they announce on Disney Plus Day. They're like, we just want everybody to know that um, Alex Lothar is in Andor, and not yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi. 
That's the big announcement. That's the big announcement. Uh, all right, that's all I got. Can uh, I can I make a can I ask a separate question that has nothing to do with Disney Plus Day? It's an open chat, so sure. Great. So my question is, how do you guys feel about Kira fighting Vader in the comics? Lame. Because I saw these <laughs> images, people tweeted them to me, and I was just like, "What?" You and then my you have Chewie, answer? Lando, and Leia being like, "Who is that?" I knew her at one point crazy and then vader's like you fight like someone i know or something like that i don't know i don't really read it but my, my real answer is uh vader would destroy kira in two seconds do you think he's gonna kill her and the- probably not they're probably no. gonna not kill her no. but to me that was just bananas that i was like this is like that's nuts was, yeah it that is, is nuts. nuts i thought it was a little a little much because her thought. fighting Dryden Voss in Solo, you're like, she's so badass. She's so cool. And she's like yeah. taking down the other guys. You're like, oh, she's on her own. She's a survivor. She's taken <laughs> over. And then to see her fighting Vader, I was like, this is a whole nother level of like. That's connect- what I mean, though. Connection. And what does this mean? The for next me? issue, she like has a mirror and she like she fights Palpatine and deflects his lightning back at him. It's like, let's. Let's pump the brakes a little yeah, bit. It was I, crazy. I mean, I think it's pretty cool, actually. I didn't think it was bad, but I just thought I don't it was, think it's bad. I just, just like... It, I think it's just crazy. Like, it's something I never would have considered as an option. And I know people were asking me, like, what do I think? And I my literal reaction was, what? Oh, my Ron, God. Ron and I, Burgundy, that's why I texted these guys. Like, boy, that escalated quickly. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we we've we've known for a long time that the comic books tend to shock, you know, with that that one panel that ends at the end or whatever. It's a <laughs> yeah, big surprise yeah. or whatever. Um, to me, if you say Kira is fighting Darth Vader, it's it's not, and I'm not caught up on these comics, so I'm not reading them. Although I have the time right now, and I'm I have I've been reading through some of the High sure. Republic stuff again. Sure, but uh, but I'm gonna get to this, and my thoughts on it is that I don't think anybody believes that Kira would win that fight. I don't think it, right. it's supposed to be that. Right. It's supposed to be that she was trained to be what she was by Dryden Voss, and Dryden Voss is a man. Or Maul. Or Maul. I thought that was the obvious thing, because yeah. Maul. Well, I mean, as of now, that we know. Oh, right. I guess what we, we, know we could kind of assume Maul, too, but we don't really know how that story goes. But to sure. me, when I'm watching Solo, I'm thinking she's learning all these techniques of how to control sure. people. And when she had the opportunity to walk away from it, Terracossi, she chose yeah. to go down that. And that's because she's been in this life, you know, for so long. So the thing is, is like, I think she's she's holding her ground as a very confident uh i don't know person in the underground against someone who's just who like walks into the room and demands the, that it's you know captain solo's mine that that's I mine agree. give him back and she's like uh no sorry this is my party and she's trying to to kind of hold her ground and i think vader to some degree understands some of those politics in the same way that like he went and had a deal with Jabba the Hutt. He could obviously have just killed Jabba the Hutt, but Jabba the Hutt, who has He's no, the game. Yeah. yeah, who has no real physical ability Threat. to win a fight, <laughs> his influence and his power is kind of what is is strong there. So I sure. think they're just trying to build her up from that angle. But now John thought of a joke, like 
30 seconds ago, which is why I was shaking my no. head, James, while you were no. talking. Go no. ahead, John. He, he just doesn't like when I try to give credence to something that in reality is just somebody trying to sell comic books. He had this He's look like, on his face like, I'm about to say something, and no, that's why I was no. shaking my head. No, 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 no. Go ahead, say no. it. No, I'm good. Uh, See, right. I told you he has something to say. Now he's not saying it. No, we're no, we're up on time. We got to get out of here. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening and watching, being a part of TRB. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Our takes on the news. Let us know what you think. There was a lot of stories that we covered here, so make sure you're going to StarWarsNewsNet.com to read up on all of your latest Star Wars news every morning as you uh, eat your cereal. Let us know what cereal you, you eat, and if you don't eat cereal. Uh, you still can go to Star Wars News Day and get your Star Wars news. Uh, make sure you do subscribe to the show, like Lacey said before, uh, whether it's YouTube, hello, or your preferred audio podcast app. Uh, personally, I'm a Spotify fan. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing and editing over at uh, StarWarsNewsNet.com. Uh, we haven't plugged our, our store in a while because I always forget the URL. What is it again? Store resistancebroadcast.com store.resistancebroadcast.com yeah go there and pick up some gear including uh we still have some left of these make solo to happen pins go get your pin get it ready for your hoodie uh which you can also buy there because fall's coming folks back to school get ready for disney time. plus day wear it proudly yeah and and hope in a prayer um <laughs> all right so that uh, is pretty much it uh, james where can people find you uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Meyer Trunks. And as always, the Bad Batch. Oh, that's it. You're done. You can sleep again. <laughs> you can you yeah. can find me sleeping uh, through the night from Thursday to Friday morning. And go back to past Friday and check out James's final for season one. Bad Batch, Bad Batch reaction show for the mm-hmm. season finale. Uh, what a doozy it was. Um, <laughs> Lacey, uh, where can people find you? People can find me counting down the days. There's only nine until August 25th when we get to see Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker again at Lacey Gillaran on Twitter and Instagram. Very good. Um, yeah, so kind of we teased it before, but we'll be back on uh, Thursday as always. Um, getting into a little bit deeper on the Taika Watiti thing. And um, is it the right time and place for him to step in? to star wars on a big in a big way so we hope you enjoy your weeks and we'll see you thursday morning with another episode right here on trb see you around kids